and welcome to Getting to Good Enough, a podcast to help you let go of perfectionism so you can do more of what you love. I'm Shannon Wilkinson, a life coach in Portland, Oregon. I'm a recovering perfectionist who's getting better at good enough. And I'm Janine Adams, a certified professional organizer in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm lucky enough to be naturally good at good enough. And today we're going to be talking about perfect floundering. Well, yeah, I'm great, too. <laughs> Not just good, but great. <laughs> well, I want to be as great as you are. That's oh. all. I've always wanted to be as great as you are. <laughs> 20 years now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're great at as great if not greater than I am oh well thank you very much yeah <laughs> so I'm dying to know what perfect floundering means <laughs> I mean I know well, a little bit but I want to know more yeah well it was something that came to me on my run this morning and I was thinking about how it just feels really uncomfortable to flounder to like not know what you're doing and trying different things and I thought, like, wouldn't it be sort of amazing if you could get perfect at floundering? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, because that means you're trying all sorts of different things. Right. And not, and getting over, getting past the discomfort about that. Yeah. And so, like, wouldn't it be kind of amazing if you could take, you know, whatever it is in your brain that, that thinks that you need to reach for perfectionism and put that to work to help you try a lot of different things and sort of do stuff even when you aren't sure what you're doing or what the right way to do it is and you know as usual big finger quotes around right right (laughs) (laughs) and if you're if you're framing it that that's the perfect way to go about doing it then your perfectionist self gets satisfied right huh you're a genius (laughs) (laughs) well I don't know about that but I thought like it would be amazing because it is that's one of the things I think that is so hard when you deal with issues of perfectionism is allowing yourself to do things even when you don't know what you're doing right and I think so many people don't allow themselves that and and Therefore, they miss out on a ton of stuff. Right. Right. Um, and, you know, the, the irony is, is if you already knew the right way to do something, you would just be doing it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, and if you, if you have something you want to do and you don't know the right way to do it, if you're afraid to flounder or to fail then um, your life's just not going to be as enriched. And, and it right. just holds you back. I mean, I'd yeah. certainly can, I can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. And also floundering is just kind of a fun word to say. It is. Flounder. It's kind of a fun image, too. I was, it, it, it's, it's a fish, right? Is the flounder yeah. that flat fish? Yeah. I think yeah. it's the flat fish that has the, both its eyes on the same side. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Those are weird. 
and fun, relatively fun, <laughs> as fish go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I can think of so many different ways where if I thought, uh, if I sort of let my brain be in charge of floundering more, that it would be more fun, that I would learn faster, that I would get to the stage of, of feeling comfortable more quickly. Mm-hmm. And it takes the pressure off. Right. Right. Yeah. Makes it part of the process of learning. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the other thing to keep in mind is that if you if you're wanting to get better at something or learn something, but in some way sort of increase your skills about something and it could be anything. I mean, it could be, you know, it doesn't have to be something that we think of as a traditional skill, like, I don't know, knitting or drawing or something like that. It could be a more um, a soft skill like, you know, relationships or communication or something like that. But if you, um, uh, I totally forgot where I was going with this. It was so smart too. Damn, I was on the edge of my seat. (laughs) Let's see. Um, uh, Oh, I know now. So if when you're, you know, trying to learn something, whether it is like a hard skill or a soft skill, if you've already figured it out and you're comfortable, then you're not learning anymore. Right. So you really need to sort of be on the edge of your abilities, which is going to cause a little bit of floundering because you haven't been there before in order to gain new knowledge, new experience to learn, grow, you know, get to where you want to go. Right. And it strikes me that this applies not just to learning brand new things, but it also applies to modifying the way you do familiar things. Like I could imagine that there's probably like lots of stuff I do on my computer that I do it this way because that's how I've always done it. Right. And then, you know, someone sees you doing it and they're like, hey, do you know about this shortcut? What? Um, And life gets better (laughs) and so sticking on you know in your lane because that's how you've always done it rather than being open to floundering a little bit as you try to learn how to do something a little bit differently can also be helpful yeah I think that's such a good point that there there are so many places where if you allow the discomfort of floundering a little bit that things can be more efficient easier enjoyable um, you know, whatever it is that, that, uh, allowing yourself to make the change will get you. Right. And it also, it occurs to me that this also could apply to the work toward being an anti-racist that we've, we've talked about in the last few episodes yes. <clears throat> where it's, it's can be very hard, um, sometimes to do or say things for fear that it's not the right thing to do or say. Mm-hmm. I mean, the perfect thing to do or say, um, even though it might be yeah. right or, you know, certainly well-intentioned. And, you know, giving yourself permission to flounder a little there, knowing as long as you're doing it with an open mind and open heart and learning mm-hmm. mode might be really beneficial as well. 
Yes, I um, had a conversation with a client this morning that um, you just made me think about and she is um, learning a new position and so someone is going to be training her and she was concerned about how sh- how that was going to feel you know like what if she made a mistake in front of this person and and so we talked a little bit about this and and she got to the place where she actually wanted to say to the person that um to please help her see where she's not getting it where she's making mistakes so that becomes a good thing and she can learn um yeah so you know that is something you can do with with your personal work in anti-racism is to keep inviting feedback Mm -hmm. and um and be willing to do it imperfectly Mm -hmm. which is what perfect floundering is is just is being willing to to be imperfect right yeah now my brain is busy trying to think of ways i can try this out I'm sure it will. It will come up a lot anyway. <laughs> well, I already enjoy the fact that you were like, wait, t- tell me more. And now you've come up with all these different areas where it really fits. Yeah, because when you said when you suggested perfect floundering to me originally before we started recording, I didn't click that you said perfect floundering (laughs) and so i'm like okay we're going to talk about imperfect floundering right no perfect floundering what so you twisted my brain up a little bit it's now it's untwisting which i appreciate (laughs) yeah yeah i um because that is the the extra little twist with this is that you know if you have a brain that has a tendency towards um perfectionism sometimes you can put that to good use right (laughs) yes yeah um but i can just think of so many areas where if you make floundering the goal like you know if you really recognize that floundering is going to get you where you want to go that you know, being uncertain and trying different things and feeling uncomfortable is the process to get you where you want to go. It totally shifts your relationship with it. Yeah. Can can you share some of those examples? Um, so, well, the one thing I want to say before that is that the, is that the way that happens is it separates sort of you... Um, your identity from the actions that you're taking. Mm. So you don't, it doesn't say anything about you as a person if you are embracing this idea of floundering. Then the floundering doesn't mean that, you know, you're incapable or, um, you know, whatever negative things your brain says to you when you are struggling when you're not in that perceived place of perfection um but if you if you sort of set yourself up to do this like this is the plan the plan is i'm not going to know how to do this and so i'm just going to keep trying until i figure it out Mm -hmm. 
then um, it's it makes it less of a struggle. Does that make sense? Yes, it becomes the, rather than you being the flounderer, the yeah. floundering is just a process or an experiment. Right. And it's not you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. Um, I think it is good to before you know before you embark on a period of perfect floundering that you get really clear about what it is you're trying to achieve oh so you know when you've succeeded or yeah yeah (laughs) that does sound important right because you know otherwise it's just hapless floundering not perfect floundering i see (laughs) look what you did (laughs) yeah so, you know, to use the, the anti-racism model, like, I think the thing about that is that you're always moving towards discovering and dismantling systems of racist, racism and um, biases that you hold internally and then the systems of racism externally and your participation in those. And that work will never be done. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you know what you're working towards. Right. So you don't just feel like you're floundering haplessly, right? It's, that right. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, you know, it's, just, it's a way to get started that um, gives you enough comfort to, in this case, start something that's probably going to feel sort of uncomfortable. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're going to uncover a lot of things that you never thought about mm-hmm. in quite the same way. Um, and, you know, and I think it's true in other situations it you may achieve a, a level of, I don't know, a level of knowledge or mastery or expertise or something where you don't necessarily want to push yourself anymore, which may be true more for hobbies or, um, I don't know, a particular skill you're trying to learn. Right. And, yeah, I mean, you don't, it's okay to, uh, especially like in a hobby, it's okay to just enjoy doing it. Right. I mean, if your hobby is putting together jigsaw puzzles, there's certainly different strategies you can use but you don't have to switch it up all the time when you have right. a comfortable mode that you do it with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I was just thinking about that in terms of, um, uh, like, starting a yoga practice. Mm-hmm. I think that's something where people feel like they're floundering a lot, particularly if they're new to it, um, you know, because there's a lot of things going on. There's a whole vocabulary that you don't know and the po you know the poses in your body probably doesn't want to move the way you're trying to get it to move and mm-hmm. so you know if you set yourself up to know that that's what you're after then it makes it easier yeah right right and that's why i do at home yoga i think taking away the um added uh component of anybody looking at me including the teacher helps helps me anyway (laughs) 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 but i always feel seen by adrian i do too it's like 
she sees you, but she doesn't see you. I feel seen and understood by Adrian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how she does that in her videos, but I'm like not even half kidding. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> It's, it's really wonderful. So I, that, so really when I was thinking about how I don't want to be looked at when I'm doing yoga, I wasn't thinking about the teacher. I really was thinking about the other people in the class because for that reason. I mean, Adrian, she seems to watch because she says exactly the right thing about how I'm feeling at any given uh-huh. moment. <laughs> but you're absolutely right that, that now, at least with yoga, since I've been doing it a while now, um, I feel much more apt. <laughs> much less inept and uh, <laughs> and obviously I'm more fl- <laughs> flexible and everything everything's easier and it's nice right. but there's so much to learn still I mean there's always new new poses and new everything new combinations of things well and I think that's the value of of labeling something a practice, practice. Mm-hmm. is that you know there will always be things to learn and also some days it will feel easier than other days. And, and often there will be no apparent reason why that's the case. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, it just caused me to think about professional athletes who also practice every day. I mean, you know, Tiger Woods probably practices golf, right? Yeah. yeah, Or any teams. Uh, So it is important um, to know that you don't have to be at, at your peak level at anything all the time. And right. Flound- floundering as you try to learn and to get better is great. It's perfect. Yes. And that is one of the very, very few times where we will talk about something being perfect. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Except for when we just use it as an exclamation. Perfect. And then we realize what we're actually saying. Right. That's so... I do that all the time, and I'd really try to avoid the word perfect, but I hear myself saying that's perfect a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Just goes to show you there's, like, so much stuff going on in our unconscious minds that we're, like, not aware of. Yeah. And also goes to show how our, how our lives are permeated with the concept of perfection. Yes. Yeah. And also all the patterns and habits that we have that um, even when we're trying to be more aware of them, are still showing up. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> it just made me think about, and I think I've talked about this on previous episodes, but remember when um, phones only had the passcode that you could use to unlock it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I Which remember. I'm actually having to use a lot because my phone does not recognize my face with a mask and sunglasses on (laughs) yeah yeah that mask has added it's yeah absolutely um but anyway i changed my passcode and i put in the old passcode so many times and I realized like what was happening I started keeping a note on my phone and I would just put a um, sort of a hash mark to indicate whether I put the right passcode in first if I put the it in um, if I like caught myself putting in the old one 
and deleted it so I could put in the new one. Or if I just put in the old one and it wasn't until it didn't work that I remembered that I had a new one. (laughs) And it was weeks and weeks and weeks before I was consistently putting in the new one. Wow. Yeah, it was sort of amazing. And that's something that like I don't care about. It's not like when, you know, I that has anything to do with my self-concept or <laughs> right. Like how smart I think I am or worthy or anything. It's just like a neutral thing. It was just so ingrained in your muscles. Yeah. And your brain. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So, um just a reminder to to always cut yourself slack. Yes. Well, so how do you feel about perfect floundering now? I feel much better about it than when you first mentioned it. (laughs) (laughs) I think think it's a great concept, and um, I think it's going to be one that sticks with me. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, Good. All right. Well, we want to hear from you. What are you practicing perfect floundering with? You can let us know on the show notes at getting to good and or not at getting to good enough.com, but um, that's the website address. <laughs> Why that sounded weird. Um, and we're on Facebook and Instagram at getting to good enough dot not dot com. <laughs> Oh, I feel I just need to start that over. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So we want to hear from you. How are you practicing perfect floundering? You can let us know on the show notes uh, on our website, gettingtogoodenough.com. You can uh, let us know on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. We're at gettingtogoodenough and on Twitter at gtgenough. And you can always give us a call and leave a message at 413-424-GTGE. That's 4843. Uh, But for now, this is Shannon Wilkinson in Portland, Oregon. And Janine Adams in St. Louis, Missouri. And we hope that good enough is getting easier for you. I'll just go ahead and leave my perfect floundering in and not edit it out. There you go.